Hey everyone, it's Sensei Victoria Whitfield here, your journey partner in business, welcoming you back to episode 198 of the Journeypreneur podcast. This is your source for channel holistic stress management techniques, guidance, inspiration, and motivation from the best to stay on your path to rapid financial ascension and massive impact as a conscious entrepreneur. So in this podcast episode, I have the honor and pleasure of getting to introduce you to my new friend, Melissa Monte from mindlove.com and the Mind Love Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, goddess. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I'm already pumped up from our previous conversation, so <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that was amazing. So everyone, like, if you have not yet checked her out on mindlove.com, you can find my podcast um, with her whenever she's, whenever it's posted. I don't know when I, where we're at in time, space, reality is we're recording these things. <laughs> but I'm so grateful to have been a guest on the Mind Love podcast. And I wanted to return the love because Melissa is pretty awesome. Uh, and I wanted to share her with all of you. So with that being said, Melissa, um, I know you're amazing and you have like a pretty good understanding that I'm pretty cool too. But for all of <laughs> my listeners, um, who this may very well be the first time that they're getting to hear about you and what you do in the world, could you please, in your own words, um, introduce yourself, uh, like what you do, but especially what are the three things that you're known for? Could you tell us? Yeah, well, what I've been known for has evolved as I've evolved, <laughs> but one the thing that has been the the recurring thing, the, the the through line through all of it is mindset shifts. So every ever since I was a young child, I have for some reason felt the urge, the enthusiasm to help people look at things a different way. I before I ever knew what self development was, like when I was in grade school, I remember just kind of seeing people struggle with their problems and realizing I could see it from a different point of view and I would facilitate a mindset shift. I did not realize that's what I was doing until way later on in life when I started having to do it for myself because isn't it so much easier to show, to be the reflection for someone else's mindset shift than to put it forth in yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of my healing and my growth came to figure out how to apply that to myself as well. Uh, the other things I've, I'm known for now are my marketing background, even though I am mostly in the world of mindset coaching, marketing is just the way my brain works. It's what I started business in. It's how I've helped grow my podcast to over a million downloads just the first year. And it's also how I help other people launch their businesses and give them ideas for how to grow from nothing. So marketing is still there and finding purpose. And so finding purpose can be either that entrepreneur journey of like, what can I figure out? How can I figure out how to get paid for doing what, what I love? And for some people, it can also be just that finding the meaning in every day. Maybe they are sticking with their corporate job and it means what it means to them, but they need to find that purpose in another way. So the finding purpose, marketing, and mindset shifts are my three top things. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's so juicy. And I, I love seeing like a, like a vision of mini Melissa being like, okay, so let's talk through this. Like, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I really was. I'm like, 
can we just look at it a different way? Or I bet this person's perspective is this. Like, I bet he thought the teddy bear was his teddy bear. <laughs> it is very soft. Wouldn't you want to hug it even if it wasn't your own? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the ridiculousness. Every now and then I'll have this flashback of, like, a conversation I had this, as a child. I'm like, damn, Tiny Melissa was wise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mini Melissa. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yay! And I feel that that's also super relatable because um, a a lot of us as entrepreneurs get into this because like it's a part of us, right? It's, this is like our passion, or we're really monetizing kind of like big parts of our personality. Like I said, you're wired for the mindset shift, wired for marketing of just like huh looking at things like how can we spread your message or like better articulate this blah 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 and so that makes me curious um what was the moment where you like I don't know if you had an epiphany but like what was the moment that you realized I've gotta do like this like what did something happen that brought you into that awareness that like just ignited your passion for really not just like um, going to work, but especially working for yourself, doing what you're passionate about. Like what is there a story there of like how you came to that, Melissa? Do you want the long version or the short version? (laughs) I don't mind the long version. I think that would be really juicy, whichever, whatever feels good um, for you energetically. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's two big stories in my life. Uh, I knew from a young age that I wanted to work for myself. And by young, it actually wasn't super young. When I was young, I thought I was going to get a really good job that paid a lot of money. And, like, I just could imagine myself, like, just – I just really wanted to get paid a lot of money. So when I went to college, I was looking at, like, the salary uh, sheets to choose my my job. And I I wanted to be a writer at that time. Really what had happened is – a lot of people had complimented my writing for so long that I thought I should be a writer. And so I focused on writing and I I went into journalism with a minor in marketing in college. And then my dad died in college. Mm. And mind you, right before I went to college, I had lost a really close friend to suicide and I was also sexually assaulted. And so I was when college came around, I was going through a really hard time. And that's when I started kind of numbing things out. And I lost interest in college. I left college uh, before I graduated. And I didn't really think anything of it because I got a really good job that I was supposed to have a bachelor's degree for. <laughs> Oddly, helping other people get bachelor's degrees with uh, online colleges. <laughs> and so I aced this interview at like age 20 when there was all these requirements. And I was like, see, I knew it. I can just get jobs that are going to pay a lot and move up the ladder, whatever. Well, I was spiraling at the same time. So I continued to spiral personally. Um, I'm, I just kept running from things. I moved away. I kept blending my life into other people's lives. And, and I told you when you were on my show that for a long time I felt like I was running from things. And uh, there was a period of time where I ended up dating this guy. And he seemed too good to be true, which listen to your intuition if you get that feeling, because he definitely was. And it, it was a slow unraveling where 
first I found out he was cheating on me, but I was kind of used to being cheated on and I didn't really feel worthy at that time. And so it wasn't about me finding a better person. It was about me building myself up so that there was no more competition. So he wouldn't want to cheat on me type thing. Then I found out he was uh, addicted to gambling and um, he would just hand me hundred dollar bills. So I would stop telling him not to waste his money and then I'd go to the spa room and just like it was a weird life and then I found out he was addicted to meth but I was already on Adderall so meth didn't seem like that big of a deal and and I really wanted to help him because his dad died the weekend I met him and my dad died and I had all of these uh thoughts about how I was going to be there for him the way that nobody was there for me. And I get that you're doing these self-destructive things, and I know what that feels like because I've done them too, and I'm going to love you through it. Like, So with every flaw that I saw in him, it became a reason to hold on to him tighter because if his flaws weren't loving, then weren't worth loving, then what were my flaws making me, you know? And so there was just a lot of excuses happening until I wound up in jail for his crime. Turns out his last secret was that he was secretly robbing houses, robbed over 60 houses. He had a jewelry business and he told me he sold jewelry with his dad. And so he would sell all of this, like like $100,000 worth of jewelry on eBay per month, like a lot of jewelry. He had cases and cases of jewelry. And so, you don't think that somebody's stealing that. Like, it was all this gaudy jewelry, big gold stuff. Well, turns out he actually robbed a guy who was selling, an old man who was selling jewelry at a farmer's market in the Palm Desert area, which is so heartbreaking once I actually learned the story when he was in rehab and was forced to spill all of the truth about everything. Well, I was helping him sell the jewelry. I, I got to the point where I could, like, hold gold in my hand and tell you how much it weighed. And uh, But then he his addiction to gambling and meth and everything started overtaking it. So instead of having this online eBay business, which also, who sells stolen things on eBay? Like, I, there was just no reason for me to question this at this time. And so uh, he he started just pawning it to get the quick cash for his meth. And he was never even called on for suspicious activity because he drove a Benz that he inherited from his dad. He dressed well. And he used, what he actually used to do with his dad was uh, loans. And so he would help people with loans. He had, he had the MLS reports. So the real estate reports of like, oh, these houses are for sale. This person still lives there. They're not there from nine to five or they don't live there anymore. And so he would find people that still live there so he could go and he'd and these are houses for sale that had lock boxes for realtors. And he just clipped that, bring it to his car, take a screwdriver. The key would fall out and he'd walk into these homes and just take the jewelry. And so nobody thought it was suspicious because they weren't seeing him climb through a window or anything like that. He didn't look like he would be doing something like this. But then he got sloppy because his addictions were increasing and he would invite his meth dealer into the homes to take the TVs so that he could get free meth. And then he was rapidly spending in like the $5 machines and the high limit rooms. And that like, so his, I'm like watching this spiral and I could feel it bringing it, bringing me down with him. But I also had my own addictions. I was drinking a ton. I was uh, on Adderall. I was bulimic at that time. I was just self-destructive as well. But even in my state, I could see something was off. So I went to Hawaii. I had a friend that lived there because I had lived there for a while. And I stayed with her for a month. And it was just to kind of get away from him and to build myself back up. So I started running and eating healthy again. And by the end of it, I was like, 
oh, I feel so much better. I feel like myself again. And then I, I was flying back. And the moment I landed, it's like I could feel that old familiar pull of my old habits. And so when he called me asking me to go to lunch because he had gotten his life together, I was like an addict relapsing. And so I went to lunch with him and we hung out for a while and he had, he looked good, a little bit better. He said his mom loaned him money to get his jewelry business back off the ground because at this time I still thought it was a legit jewelry business. And uh, then one afternoon we were arrested. And, well, a cop pulls us over and I, I see the flashing lights and I'm like, what, did you not pay your registration? Like what's happening? Wasn't, we weren't speeding or anything like that. And they immediately asked us to get out of the car. And I was like, what is happening? And I saw the police officers open that trunk and there was just dozens of lock boxes and cases of jewelry, which I didn't realize were stolen at the time. And so he had continued to steal things. And, and I ended up in this jail cell. And I'm just, from the next like few months, was just a an unraveling of what I thought was true versus what I was realizing was true, which was the things I should have picked up on. And how did I not see this? But I was too worried about all the other ways he was hurting me to see this one. And and this had never happened to me, so it wasn't a familiar pattern. And so long story short, there was two years of going back and forth, um, having to go to these court dates and our court cases were combined. So if I went to trial, we both had to go to trial. And he had this very expensive attorney and I had one that I could scrounge up money for. And my attorney never even really showed up. I was too embarrassed to tell my parents, which they knew what, what I was going through, but they didn't, I didn't want to involve them because my stepdad, mind you, was working, volunteering at the homicide investigations at the police department that arrested me. And my mom worked at a church. My stepdad's a retired police officer. I was like honor student. I was like, this is not me. Like I was just trying to keep it compartmentalized. Mm. And so I was basically being counseled by his attorney and his mom and, um, and just having to go back, I moved to L.A. during this time to get away from him. And he ended up moving into a halfway house down the street because he, like, tracked my location. He threw a brick through my windshield. He broke into my house while I was sleeping. I had to move again because my roommate was scared. And then uh, and uh, all while going to trial and having to – I didn't have a car at the time, so I was taking a bus back to Palm Desert to go to court. And then it came down to a time where basically – um, there was an eyewitness report that said that he they saw me. And what was really happening, I was in Hawaii during this time, and he was cheating on me, and he also had my dog with him. And so sometimes he'd go into these homes, and no one would live there, so he'd sleep there for the weekend. And he'd bring my dog, and my dog crapped in the closet or something like that. So I was attached here, but I could very easily prove it because I was in Hawaii for 30 days. <laughs> but that would mean that I had to go to trial. And I basically, if I went to trial and he went to trial, he was going to automatically get a minimum of 10 years in prison. Mm. And I couldn't do that to him, so I took a felony because I didn't want to hurt him. Wow. Dumbest decision ever, sort of. At the same time, taking that felony was this moment of realizing that I had feeling for a while that I had ruined my life, and then I could either sit in that ruin or rebuild it. And so there was a point that I was sitting in the ruin, and then there was a point that I was like, I need to rebuild this. And I had a long way to go because this moment happened while I was sitting in a jail cell, actually. Mm. Uh, it was before the felony even happened where I realized, wow, I just ruined my life. And I'm not even looking for a way out of this jail cell. I'm looking for privacy to throw up my food because I'm bulimic. Like, I am a mess here. <laughs> it was awful. Like, the priorities were just all over the place. 
Well, he ended up continuing to rob houses, and he finally was arrested again, and he got a minimum of, he got 11 years in prison, the minimum of seven. And in that moment, I just finally felt free. Because mm. even after everything had happened, he was following me around. I still felt like I was connected to this person and, and he was trying to keep this relationship. He'd like drop money off at my doorstep and weird things that just like kind of kept me dependent or thinking about him or whatever. And so when he went to jail, I was like, I've got to do things differently. And I started going to yoga regularly again and again, starting that process of rebuilding my life. But I was worried because I knew I was like, I did this in Hawaii and I came back and then the worst came. Like what happens if I rebuild and I just, plummet again. But what I realized is that when I was in Hawaii, I had rebuilt myself up on the outside and hadn't done any of that inner work. So it was just kind of hollow waiting to be filled by whatever came in next. So I had to start from the inside this time. And it was a really long journey. But the reason I tell that whole long story is because I probably would have just gotten uh, settled into a corporate job that was mediocrely fulfilling but there was no way I was going to tell that crazy story on two lines of a job application where it asked if you have a record and so I'm like yes this is it I'm going to be an entrepreneur I'm shutting the door on everything else and there was something there was a blessing in that because so often we think we have we want more options but we actually are happier with less the same thing happened when I went vegan. I used to be that person that was, like, at the Cheesecake Factory with, like, 150 things to choose from and always regretting my decision and taking bites of other people's food. And then I became vegan. I was like, well, there's one thing I'm going to eat. I'm going to order that. I'm going to be happy with it. I'm not going to think twice. So the same thing happened with my entrepreneurial journey where I was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Funny enough, I ended up working for somebody else, but it was with startups. And I got to that same point, and so this is my second point of finding clarity in what that entrepreneur journey is. So I kind of considered working in startups. I, I still got jobs. Like, I would meet people and talk about what I knew about marketing because I went deep into learning marketing. I ended up winning a uh, a contest at a conference, and it set up my freelance career for a few years. And uh, And then I got a job with this startup, and... There was a lot that I learned working with that job, but my relationship with my boss was toxic. We'd party together, and he was my boss, and he had a very big temperament. I think he's a good guy, but it was not good for me to work with him. And I started realizing that it was leaking through to other areas of my life. My my discontent with my job wasn't just with that. It was it was putting a filter on the way I looked at the rest of my world. And then along with the toxicness, the toxicity, he would, I would sometimes get off the phone with my boss and be so wired or like angry or triggered in a way that then I'd talk to my husband and I'd snap at him and he'd be like, you know, you're letting this affect us now. And I'm like, okay, I need to step away. But I wasn't yet confident in doing something completely on my own. I hadn't seen success in that yet or built a self-belief because I did get burnt out from the last time I was working with people. I got, I won this contest and I let that win dictate what I was going to, how I was going to be working in marketing rather than finding what was aligned for me and what actually lit me up. And so at this point, I was like, I need at least a side hustle. And so the podcast started as a side hustle, but I wasn't yet clear in what that was going to be. I have to take action. And so I 
I started asking myself the questions and doing all the exercises at the back of books that I thought were cheesy before. And I spent so long learning through books and like reading and thinking that just reading them was going to apply all the learnings to my life when, yeah, I get a little bit from that, but am I taking the time for stillness to actually integrate or to ask myself the questions to get more clarity on this concept and how it applies to me rather than just in the general sense. And so I started asking myself, like, what does my perfect day look like? When am I lit up? What do people compliment me on? Do I feel aligned with that? What don't I like about those things? What are all of my past jobs? What did I like about them? What did I not like about them? And so I started to get clarity in what was actually meant for me. And one of the most powerful ways I did this is I wrote to 11 different people in my life that I knew from different areas of life, like an old roommate, uh, an old co-worker, a, my husband, my mom, an old boss, like people that knew different aspects of me. And I asked them what my superpower was. And it's funny because I came across this exercise years before, and it was one of those exercises I skipped over and I started to do, but it felt way too vulnerable. Like, really, I'm just going to reach out to people and say, hey, what's my superpower? Like, it sounded so <laughs> cheesy. And so this time I wrote it in an email in a way where I was like, hey, I'm, I'm taking an entrepreneurial course. I'm making some life changes, and, it would, and they're challenging me to understand myself from other people's perspectives. So what, what do you see in me? And so that just felt way less vulnerable. You know, it felt like a task, and I got all these great responses. And so interesting, like eight different people wrote in almost the same words that I'm great at gathering information from a ton of different areas and organizing it in a way that makes it easy for other people to understand. And so that was eye-opening in I never really saw myself as uh, – as coming up with my own ideas, well, that's not true. I saw, I thought that I was really great at absorbing information, but I didn't see that how it was passing through me was transforming it based on my perspective. I was always so interested in gathering from the collective consciousness and not realizing that I am part of the collective consciousness adding my own perspective. And so these were just all these ways that I gained clarity. And of course, as the universe works, my favorite podcast at the time was Smart Passive Income by Pat Flynn. And the next day, he sent an email saying he was launching a podcast course. So I decided to go all in and I launched a podcast. And uh, it was all about the ways that I was helping myself. One of the things I had found through all the questions I was asking myself was, what do people come to me for advice for? And I had been trying to fix myself for so long when really what I came to understand was there was really nothing to be fixed. I just needed to remember who I was. <laughs> and so I, I had been remembering myself for so long that people were seeing this in me and they were, they were coming to me with uh, different questions or when they were struggling with things. And so I started to compile all the things that interest me that piqued my curiosity. And I started a podcast. So it's my perfect life path because not only am I continuing to learn all the time, I'm always reading new books, I'm always interested in new modalities of healing and teaching and all these things, but I'm able to actually do that for a living, like to do that publicly. And when I read a book, I can find the author and say, I want to talk to you for an hour. <laughs> and it's like mini coaching sessions. And so uh, I'm so grateful that I finally sat down to do that work and to figure out what was right for me and to be okay with it taking a little bit longer to find that clarity rather than chasing what 
what on paper made the most money, what I could see making the most money, what other people thought I should do. And I, instead I went inside to figure out how to use that. And so it's a combination of one of the biggest lessons I bring through my life now is using my limitations as guideposts to my next direction. And so that felony felt like such a limitation, but actually it was just steering me towards what I needed to do. And even in the last few years, I mean, I, I know I've helped so many people focus on they felt like they've lost things, and, and it's hard not to feel that when things are getting pulled and taken away from you or things are changing in a way that you're not asking for or you don't think you're asking for it. And instead of saying, like, why is this being taken from me or, oh, my gosh, like, I now I'm just feeling the lack and the lack and the lack, it's like, what is this guiding me towards? Like, what if it's just removing these options to declutter my mind so that I find the clarity in this other, in this new path? And so, uh using my limitations as guideposts and then intentionally asking for clarity in different ways have helped me find this path that I'm on. And that is a long story. <laughs> oh, no, that was just the tip of the iceberg of what my spirit guides just said. So don't worry, that was the short version is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, my goddess. This is so fabulous. And I also, um, like, reflecting on what I'm, um, like, riveting, such a powerful incredible incredible journey you've been on and i honor you for your courage um not only to share uh the the journey that you've been on but also to have how do we say converted converted the lemons into lemonade right or even a better metaphor would be to convert the the manure into fertilizer <laughs> for you. I think that's a better yeah, metaphor. I love that one. Yeah. And and with um with that I kept seeing this uh vision as you were describing all the things um that you you've been through as well as the beliefs that you've created, um, chosen to create from them. I kept seeing a vision, uh I felt like I was in Texas somewhere and we were digging 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 and then hitting bedrock rock bottom when we hit rock bottom that's also where we hit bedrock <laughs> which is the most stable foundation to build from going down it's, it's like if you know anything about um building and construction especially in texas you have to like the the ground there is soft you have to dig down until you hit solid more of the solid stone the bedrock so that you can have a stable foundation or else literally you'll have a beautiful house that could disappear overnight in the sinkhole um, so this vision I kept seeing of digging down until you found bedrock that rock bottom hitting that in your life of now you're clear on who you are what you stand for and clear that you value who you are and what you stand for and building from there into this beautiful brilliant wise woman um that you are now and the wonderful work that you do i just uh, i celebrate you melissa this amazing story <laughs> <laughs> it's too much <laughs> not at all just enough <laughs> yeah yeah oh my uh, th yeah thank you my spirit guide said for especially on the the idea of of being too much there's for many of us um we're terrified to 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 really go for it 
we're terrified to really go for it and it's the the brilliant passionate souls like you who are expressive and who are just like you know what i'm gonna try even if we screw it up or like ruin my life ah well i tried it and i got to see for myself what it looked like it's so powerful to get to know that there's that um that kind of a spirit out there there it's it's encouraging it's not um it's not wrong it's beautiful it's not wrong it's beautiful to get to witness that in you and i'm i'm curious um with with that in in your journey now being in business was there ever a point that you could have that you could have thrown in the towel so like now like in the stories that you told like so overcome incredible trials and tribulation and and uh pivoting and rerouting in your life um and getting out from under the shadow of of that guy my goodness and now um into your own business and finding yourself and your voice um in your own work since then has there been any points where you're like Mm, maybe I maybe this isn't the right thing for me to do maybe I should throw in the towel maybe I shouldn't be doing podcasts or has it all been like rainbows and sunshine everything's easy like you have no problem charging for what you do no problems like putting stuff out there no like did you ever have any challenges on your journey as a business owner um where you could have thrown in the towel and if so what did you tell yourself as a as an entrepreneur to be able to keep going like um i'm curious and it's okay if there's it's not it's just uh i would love to to hear that because our listeners are our entrepreneurs that are on that journey to serving the people that they're called to and we can get challenges from time to time to stay with it and not go get a regular job and go back to being socially acceptable nine to fivers so to speak so i'm just curious <laughs> if you ever had any of those moments Melissa. it's not if it's which one <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> so yes the first year and a half well you know it's easy to look back at things with rose-colored glasses or with gray colored glasses just whatever mood I'm in those are the glasses I'm wearing but the when I did start I was on such a high because everything was lighting me up and I I applied what I knew about marketing and I did things a little bit differently and I grew my show really fast and it was a, something that people told me that could not be done in podcasting at that time um they also said niche down twice and that's how the money comes and I wasn't confident enough I don't want to say confident I wasn't clear enough in what I wanted to niche down on to commit to one of those things I I just told you the whole story that took me to get to what <laughs> choosing generally mindfulness <laughs> you know and a, like a podcast on this and people were like no go go more specific and I was like nope I'm gonna use this process to find that specificity which ended up coming uh it, it came with the time when when it was sort of like the story you told me about how what were you the, all the your first clients just happened to be you didn't choose that and then that helped you give clarity so that same thing uh started to happen with me it's like well what's the through line with so many of these messages that come back but 
with that first year, though, I was just doing the podcast, and so I was still with my corporate job for the first few months, and then I was like, wait, this is growing faster than I than I realized I can actually, I feel confident now to m- take that break. I wasn't really getting paid with podcasting for a few more months. Then I was able to get sponsors, so I was getting paid some, but not a lot. Uh, but I was able to, I, I had some savings at that time to help me get through that, not a lot. I had a lot of credit cards. <laughs> so then I launched my first course, and that went really well. Uh, but I was using each step as I was finding the clarity, and I think that's why I didn't burn out in the beginning was because instead of saying, oh, this is my expectation and that's all it's going to be, it was this is my goal, and when I get there, I need to reevaluate all the things to make sure I'm still on the right track, and then that's what's the next goal? How do I feel about this? Does it feel aligned? Do I need to pivot at all? And so I was very much ebbing and flowing, and it, it was basically using my internal guidance to, to figure out the next step. Well, I became confident enough that I started investing really heavily in my in my growth uh I took a very intensive public speaking program that uh was also the most money I had ever spent on anything including college (laughs) and it was me going to the east coast like uh for months at a time well it was for a week at a time but a bunch of times within a period of few months and so I made these really good friends I honed a a keynote speech and I started lining up all of these speaking gigs and I was on the East Coast speaking first I spoke at a podcasting conference on how to grow a podcast and then I was speaking at a university and in that time you know the world is starting to get a little bit weird we were already doing elbow taps at this podcasting conference and then I was staying on the East Coast because there was 10 days in between my two speaking gigs and so I stayed at a condo and uh, was waiting to go speak in North Carolina, and then the world shut down. <laughs> so it was a couple of days before I'm on the East Coast. I'm paying heavily out of pocket for a lot of different things, and then all of a sudden I'm flying back. And so I've been in Florida for part of this time where n- not a whole lot had changed, and then I fly back to L.A., and straight up the apocalypse is happening. Like, there's no food on the shelves, and apparently you can't get toilet paper anymore, and thank God tushy the bidet company had sponsored my podcast because i was like <laughs> like squirting and padding for, <laughs> for <laughs> the toilet was squirting not me for a while and it was just a lot and so all of a sudden um as an empath i'm overwhelmed with all of the fear in la and it was it wasn't a gradual come up like maybe if I had been there while the water started boiling instead I'm just thrown in mm. <laughs> it was it was a lot and so at first though I was like okay well this is the next crisis I've been through crises before and I will see why this is happening for me you know and I, the world is shutting down can I tune in and can I just be okay with uh being more still than I thought I was going to be at the beginning of this year, because I started that year with like, this is going to be my year, like lining up the gigs. And then I had a a lot, I had done a lot of work trying to line up gigs was in conversation and all of those things just went down. All of the money I had spent on this public speaking program just down. And funny enough though. uh, So while sitting in the stillness of why is this happening for me? I, 
went through some hard times. I think I started drinking a little bit more than I should have been because all of a sudden it was very socially acceptable to have wine at 1 p.m. while doing a puzzle. And then I ran out of puzzles. <laughs> and I was like, well, what do we do now? And we're like, well, we should just have a baby. And so, the funny thing was is that five years before, when I was 30, I was like, when I'm 35 is when I'm going to be ready to have a kid. And I had never really thought I was going to have a kid. Um, before that, I had talked myself out of it. I think it was a protective mechanism um, because that would involve somebody else and that would involve responsibility and all this stuff. But then I started, found the love of my life, and I started to change my mind. But we're like, let's put that five years out. 35 sounds like a good age. Well, the 2020, I was turning 35. No, 2020, I was turning 34. I just turned 34. We ran out of puzzles. I was like, okay, I'm drinking too much. I need to reevaluate, ask myself the questions at the end of the month. What's not going well? <laughs> like, I'm drinking a little too much. So I decided to take a, uh, a month off of drinking. and uh, Well, actually, two months, and then I got pregnant. And so then I'm... In that pregnancy journey, definitely had prenatal depression. And what I realized looking back had happened was that I, I went into the world shutting down with this view of, like, I got this. I have the tools for this. But it was so out of my realm that I lost a lot of it for a while, if I'm being really honest with myself. I kept the things. You know, I kept my head above water. Like, okay, you're drinking too much. Let's take a step back. And, uh, like, maybe this is, you're going to be 35 next year, so maybe have a baby. <laughs> so, uh, no, I was 35 that year. Not that that point matters at all. Well, so I get pregnant, have the baby. Uh, I have prenatal depression through that. It definitely makes me focus on my tools, and I can't turn to alcohol. I can't turn to the other things quite so much. And I was still interviewing, and and. I had this interview on this one day that was such a low day for me. I was, like, spiraling, like, crying like a toddler, <laughs> like, like screaming, crying, like, trying to release things. And I wanted to cancel this interview because I didn't think I could get myself together, but I just had this internal voice that said, just do it. Like, you can, you can show up. And I thought it was my masculine energy saying, just do it. Get through this pain point. But I think it ended up being my feminine because the person that I interviewed that day was the creator of um, – of a headband that helps you meditate. It's called the Muse headband, and it actually has your brain waves. It was a really great interview. Oh, by the way, I love that Muse headband. It's so cool. And uh, the moment uh, I start preparing for that interview, she didn't have a book or anything, so I went back to some interviews she'd been on, and I just scrubbed to the middle of it. And all of a sudden, she starts talking about postpartum depression. And I'm like, What? I had no idea. So obviously I'm on the right track. I ended up crying all through that interview because I was like, I got honestly, I'm already emotional, but you're the person I need to talk to. And it, she told me things I already knew, but it's like I needed to hear it again from somebody else, from a different voice than mine to bring it back into my life. And it was just about adding power to the stories that you're telling yourself. And I... I had mastered that with my stories because my stories were these big things. But what this process made me realize was that I wasn't, I hadn't yet brought it into the little things or the things, the big emotions that were coming up for seemingly no reason. You know, I was beating myself up because I'm like, I should be over this. I'm, I'm teaching people how to overcome these things. And now I can't even do it. And I'm like a, in the fetal position, like crying and eating chocolate and like, how who's going to listen to me? And so then I got the the voice from my internal guidance that was just like, oh, 
you know, people listen to people that have gone through it and you're going through it again. You know? mm-hmm. And so in that moment, I'm like, oh, obviously I already know this. Life isn't about overcoming and getting to this point of enlightenment where nothing bad ever happens. It's just about acquiring enough tools and learning them enough that you can remember to pull them out when you need them. And so this is a moment I needed to pull it out. And so there was so much going on in that time with not only new emotions and the hormones and the, but then just questioning everything. I moved away from LA. We wanted to be in nature, but then I'm not surrounded by all the entrepreneurs that were like sparking me up, like keeping me motivated. And then I'm living in big bear where it's slower. And I have the opportunity where my husband's like, you know, you could not do anything if you wanted. And so then I'm entertaining that, like, am I, am I ready to just be a mom? And so I really seriously questioned because uh, I allowed the podcast to be stressful for a while because I was, when I was resting, I thought I should be doing something. And when I was doing something, I felt like I needed to be resting. And then in the very beginning of having a baby, that same thing where it's like, you know, I allotted this time to work, but I'm thinking I should be with my baby. And when I'm with my baby, I'm kind of stressed out about the things on my to-do list. And so it came back to realizing I feel dis-ease and knowing what my process was. This is my tool. I need to sit in stillness for a while and ask for clarity. And clarity didn't come right away. It was more like being okay with just being in my own energy. And instead of trying to figure it out and again, striving for another thing, even if that thing is clarity, instead just working on my own energy field and being like, okay, right now for the next 20 minutes, you're just sitting, you're just being, and that is exactly where you need to be. And with those moments of allowance where I wasn't putting my energy towards these worries and I was just giving myself the space to be, there was a few sessions of that that was just kind of calibrating my nervous system, I think. But then the clarity started coming and I remembered, I remembered my tools like, okay, how do I find clarity? Should I give up or should I keep going? What, where's this idea of giving up coming from? Is it fear-based or is it because I'm feeling guided towards being a stay-at-home mom, which would also be totally fine? What are the feelings that come up when I think about quitting this? Do I feel excited about a new opportunity of being just a stay-at-home mom or do I feel like I just maybe can't do it? Do I feel like I can't do two roles at once and give each one my all? Like where? And so through asking myself these questions, And I use the Otter app, actually, uh, a lot of times on long walks where I just talk to myself because uh, sometimes I feel like journaling doesn't keep up with my brain as fast as it goes. And and then sometimes it's just in a meditation session where I'm just allowing the wisdom to come through. So I do it in a number of different ways. And sometimes I do write it down. Well, I realize that this podcast that I have is still such a big part of who I am. It's the legacy that I'm leaving. Like if I died today, I'd actually be pretty okay with what I'm leaving with the world. And that Mm. means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. It, it spurs my own evolution and my consciousness because what am I learning next week? And what am I, what am I curious about right now? Okay. I'll read that book and then I'll bring the author on or I'll, I'll bring the author on and I'll talk to this person or what am I struggling with right now? Who can I bring on the show? And so it's so much more than just work for me. It's what I want to do with my life. And I had to remind myself of that through the questions. But first it came with the, that kind of calibrating my nervous system and giving my spell, myself the space to bring back my tools. And so that's how I got myself through that one and how I will likely get myself through the 
many other thousands of times that quitting crosses my mind because I feel a little bit overwhelmed. Oh, this is so fabulous because the 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 throw in the towel was an invitation not fr- coming from uh the business but actually coming from your husband of like you don't have to do this. And wow, to get like so for I'm just in reflection mode now. Like wow, how powerful and beautiful that it was the sit and the calibration that came back. And it was spirit guiding you, right? Synchronicity guiding you. Look, of course, the one day that you're at the bottom of the barrel, um, you get the intuition to interview her, right? And that, of course, in the research for that interview, you find exactly what you need. Like, it's it's so beautiful to get to... I'm I'm going to say it this way. See nature take its course. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like we all have a natural intuition that um is is constantly guiding us. There is a force that if we're open to it, um that is a guiding force that we all have access to and that there is a communal mind and a communal ascension going on that this this po- podcast right and the work that you are doing rather than it being about um like I'm going to validate myself or I'm going to make lots of money or I'm going to like the the meaning of it instead be more about the impact and the legacy um that you are leaving and a source of joy and, and expansion for generating meaning rather than it being like oh sustenance or oh I got to be the best that type of clenchy um wounded masculine is the phrase that I'm hearing not that there's anything wrong with being masculine but certainly coming from the wounded masculine the competitor the challenger the like the dominator instead it's coming from a more much more rooted um rather than wounded but a rooted masculine of I want to leave a legacy that protects and shields and and um uplifts all those who come in so that there is like a state of abundance that all can receive from like creating a resource this is the rooted masculine of being generous and 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 loving and giving and contributing um in such a beautiful way and and also allowing the feminine to guide and for her to sprinkle that little bit of still small voice of like hey what about this and being open to listening to the fairies or opening and listening to the to the muse um that hey there's there's resource here there's opening there's magic and going for that for that spontaneous that unknown and seeing how much that blossoms i just i love what you shared well it's funny because you know how i said when i moved to big bear from la i was like Oh, but I don't have all these entrepreneur communities and my WeWork space and all this stuff. And there's something really beautiful about the motivation that that adds to with that collective energy of everyone moving forward. Mm. Well, I went back to my one of my tools of using limitations as guideposts to your next direction. And what I realized is when I started, when I started with all those clarity questions that I explained earlier about what drove me to launch this, that happened, and then I experienced success, and people invited me to speak on stages, and 
And then I was in all these groups with these big influencers, and, and then I was comparing. And then I was like, well, what are you doing? And then all of a sudden it was comparison, and it got into that energy for a little bit. Not fully, because I, I do have my mindfulness tools, but I didn't realize how much it was mm. until I left. And I was beating myself up for like, oh, no, I don't have this this anymore, like focusing on the lack. And I was like, well, how do I shift that? Like, what is this giving me? And it really did guide me to go back to those questions. Like, mm. if I was still in that competitive environment, which it didn't have to be competitive, I realized I could I could still be there and, and bring a different energy to it. But that's what what it evolved into for me, and and being back into nature was really the space that I needed to be able to see. Well, now I'm not I'm not constantly seeing what everybody else is doing, and it's not bringing joy for me to do that. And there's only so much that that motivates me, and the rest of it brings in this energy of urgency and the wounded masculine. I like that phrase, and so. Uh, finding the space to not see what everyone else is doing, yes, I have to find other ways for motivation. And that's where the guideposts were, were guiding me. And also, it's created the space for me to come back to the roots of why I started it to begin with. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes. Returning to the roots. It's amazing. I see the vision of um, the tree of life, Ildrasel, like the, that consistent circle of the branches above and the roots below and how they are woven on the sides that we are connected in one big circle that there are layers and layers of meaning and layers and layers of journeys um in our life and a constant cyclical return to the roots helps us to ground at each level of development who knows um, what spirit may bring us next but to really have those strong roots that give us um give us stability uh, as we go forward is a beautiful thing. So I I love it. Thank you for bringing that in, Melissa. And I know that there are people who are listening in right now who are like, this woman is amazeballs. Like that, I I love it. And in our community, um, we believe in celebrating good people because when more good people make good money more good happens in the world and i believe you are doing good work and i want to see more of the good um that you are a force for expand in the world with that being said where where do we go to celebrate you to five-star review where are we like sending um people so that they can really dive more into your messaging um, as well as especially support um, and give that USDA prime beef stamp of approval. <laughs> Where are we going, Mama? <laughs> well, my podcast is called Mind Love. Two words. You can find it on any of your favorite pa podcast platforms. My website is mindlove.com. I also send out a daily email it's every weekday morning called the morning mind love and it's just like a little five sentences of inspiration i like to think of it like a little oracle from your higher self and so that's completely free to sign up and then there's uh i love five star reviews on my podcast obviously i read them on my show actually so if you leave one you might just hear your name on my show 
And finally, uh, I do coaching and I'm also helping a cohort of people launch their passions, including, which by the end of the program will include a full website and everything, along with uh, the mindset coaching that I regularly do that will be in eight-week in increments. So let me know how you want to work with me. There are all the ways. Yay. And long story short, mindlove.com has all of the above, yes? Yep, you can sign up. Oh, and if you're out and about and want to sign up for the morning Mind Love, you can just text the word morning to 33777, or it's right on the homepage of mindlove.com. Okay, perfect. So that's 33777, text Mind Love, you said there. Morning. Morning. Morning to 33777 for the morning Mind Love. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, which is, I love that because when you're listening to your podcast, you can just open up your text app and like, do, 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 put it in there while you're listening to this going. So fabulous. Thank you so much, uh, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story so abundantly with such depth and color. Melissa's truly been powerful having you here. <laughs> I'm so excited. I feel like we're best friends now. So. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have, like, weekly calls scheduled? Or okay. <laughs> I love that. I love your energy, and I'm so excited to keep this good thing going. Well, let's talk about how we can um, stay in touch and continue to co-create some magic. Goddess, absolutely. <laughs> Yay. Fabulous. And so now I'm going to turn it on over to our listeners. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us on the Journeypreneur podcast today. By the way, if this is your first time visiting, this is episode 198. Hello. Thank you for joining the party. If you have not yet, hit subscribe on iTunes so you get your notifications first every time a new episode is syndicated there. While you're there, leave us a five-star review because that's where you can comment on iTunes. I want to know, what was the one thing that Melissa said that really stuck out to you? Like, it was raining golden nuggets, I understand today, but I would love to hear what really stuck out to you um, when you leave your five-star review there on iTunes. And for all of my Android loves, in fact, you have it way easier than the iTunes people. You can comment on every episode, so tell me in the comments below on episode 198 what stuck out to you. That really helps me um, to craft content that supports you, as well as lets our community know that there is really awesome nourishment here on the Journeypreneur podcast. So with that, I'm going to bring this podcast to a close the same way we do every time, please. Remember to enjoy the journey, because you do not have to lose your glow as you grow in life and business. And we'll see you in the next podcast episode. Bye, everyone. Done.